0: We're going to spend these next couple of weeks really on this heart of thanksgiving, on a heart of gratitude and generosity that we're just going to embrace this season that we are in. And so I hope that if you'll join with me today, if you're on our Real Life app, for those of you here today, there'll be some notes we'll put on the screen, but you can follow along in our app as well as we just continue to open up our hearts to believe for what it is that God has even more for us this morning. We're going to share communion together as well. And for those of you that have been around real life for a while, uh, you'll know that uh, as we have this opportunity to share together in this heart of communion, uh, that we wanted to take a significant part of our service. We want you to be open, again, just to be, uh, let your heart open to what Uh, the presence of God is here to do in your life. And so just prepare your heart for those of you that are home today. uh, Maybe if you have something that you can gather some juice or some bread, we want you to partake with us as well. And we're just going to take some time with a heart of gratitude um, just to be able to welcome God's presence into our life. And maybe again, give us some good perspective in these next couple of days uh, that we are going to share together with family or with friends on this heart of thanksgiving this morning so you know i'm glad that we get a chance in this season Uh, we heard just in our praise this idea of a declaration that a number of years ago that we as a nation made a declaration that we would have a day of thanksgiving and We know that in our hearts that we want it to be more than just one day out of the year, but that for those of us that put our heart and put our trust in Christ, that we want every day to have a heart and to have a day of gratitude and thanksgiving. And sometimes it's easier... And how many know some days it's not so easy as well, right? And that's why we need today, again, to reassure our hearts that we can live a heart of gratitude, that we can live in a day of Thanksgiving. I know when I was in Erie the first time, many years ago, uh, we had a couple of friends that we used to go skiing quite a bit. And uh, one of those times during the year, during the season, uh, we made a trip, kind of an annual trip to New England to kind of get to some bigger mountains and, and do some big mountain skiing here on the East Coast. And there was a little restaurant just outside of Syracuse, New York um, that served Thanksgiving dinner every single day of the year. And although it was January or February, as much as the excitement was to get with all of our buddies and go skiing for the weekend, I think maybe one of the biggest highlights was getting to that restaurant, knowing that we were going to get, I mean, this massive Thanksgiving dinner every time. How many are glad for kind of uh, ready for Thursday, right, and kind of some of you are already with your Friendsgiving, and uh, you just can't get enough of it, right? I know that in our house... Um, Probably so many of these holidays are special, but Thanksgiving obviously for a lot of reasons are special. Uh, for Jocelyn, for our daughter, uh, she was on the keyboard today, uh, I think her far, probably by far favorite uh, holiday is Thanksgiving. And there might be a lot of reasons for that, but uh, I think part of it is is because uh, we don't often um, have, uh, at this time in our life, big sit-down dinners together, but Thanksgiving, we kind of go all out. How many are with me this morning, right? I mean, that's where you kind of pull out the the biggest famous recipes and all those kind of things that we don't necessarily get a lot of times through the year that everybody looks forward to, and, and, and that's what we go after. And so we're kind of already making plans for that this year. But a couple of years ago, Debbie was kind of in the heart of her health journey and, uh, you know, kind of was on a, a, a program to kind of help lose some weight, and, and I had kind of done that prior, and and so we were kind of now in the facing Thanksgiving, like, oh, no, what are we going to do? Like, it's not going to be like we can, you know, we, we need to make some better choices and healthy and all that kind of stuff, and... So we decided, uh, you know, because not only I think the good part of Thanksgiving is not only Thanksgiving Day, but how many know when you make all that stuff, how many say God bless for leftovers, right? Like you make these big, I, I was talking to somebody this week and they're like, well, like just don't make as much. But how many know like whatever recipe, like I don't know how to make stuff, I mean, other than by a recipe, and the recipe calls for like this massive pan that you have to put. I don't know how to do the math, right, to shrink all the deals to put it into a smaller pan. So it's just going to be a a big, big thing. And so kind of for part of that decision with Deb, it's not only like what can we do on Thanksgiving, but knowing that there is going to be just a ton of food for the next couple of days of Thanksgiving, and that's going to be a real challenge for her. Um, and and us kind of helping, so we made the decision we're not gonna we're gonna go out to a restaurant for Thanksgiving. Let me tell you, our daughter had a meltdown that year, right? How could you? Oh man, she was angry. And man, we're like, come on, we need to support mom. You know, forget mom. Like, who cares? I don't know if it was that bad. I might be embellishing the story, but uh, but she oh she was upset. But but Debbie and I we we went out that that Thanksgiving morning, uh, to one of the local restaurants. In fact, we met one of the couples from real life, happened to be just a table uh, or two away, and, and, uh, and we got home. So Jocelyn was so mad, she went to the store and bought all of her own Thanksgiving food and made her own Thanksgiving meal uh, by herself. And so that's something that uh, we kind of look back on that day to remember. Of all the experiences, right, some good, some not so good, that associate themselves with Thanksgiving. But we are blessed to be able to live into a country that has a day of thanksgiving. It's good for us, right? To not only as a nation to know that we can set apart a day, but but that we learned that that every day that we can have a heart of Thanksgiving. I'm really glad to hear that I've heard a lot of stores that over the last couple of years that were open on Thanksgiving are now not gonna be open on Thanksgiving, right? So we're kind kind of turning the tide a little bit to recognize, no, we do need to have a day of Thanksgiving. So let me ask you a couple of questions this morning. So are we grateful? Are you grateful? But maybe even more, as we've talked about, are, do we have a thankful heart every day of the year? Now, I think we all want to say we're grateful, right? But how many find it a little bit more challenging to be thankful considering everything that we have... To realize that I know that it might not always seem the best, but when we look at our life, when we think about the country that we live in, we recognize that it's far more better than most places in the world. And yet, at times, we find it a little difficult to be grateful, to be thankful every day. We can allow the mundane to overrule the majestic. We can allow impatience to overpower momentous occasions that we have around us all the time. But sometimes our impatience or our frustration kind of bypasses some of the blessings that we have in our life every day. I think I've told you this over the last couple of years that uh, I think sometimes the older you get, there's a tendency to be a little bit more frustrated while you drive. I don't know, is anybody finding that true? Is it not just me? Okay, thanks for jumping in on that you realize that sometimes the light just doesn't change, you know, right? Uh, People that drive slow in front of you. And I was finding myself just like, man, just being frustrated all the time driving. And then I kind of was doing some devotion and we were thinking about this idea of being grateful and thankful every day. And so I kind of just Flipped the script for me, and now when those moments seem to arise, especially when I have Debbie in the car, I just simply look at her, and rather than realizing I'm being frustrated why this light hasn't changed yet, I just look at her and say, man, I am so blessed I get to spend more time with you in the car. Right? We can take these moments of impatience and realize that there are monumental occasions that are all around us, but we have an idea of bypassing them, Again, not being grateful for the moments that we have. Listen to what David wrote to us in Psalms 100. He said, shout to the Lord with joy all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with what? Come on, church. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, right, and into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, and together let's praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues to all generations. Listen, let's be honest together this morning. Instead of being grateful every day, at times we can live a bit ungrateful, maybe a little selfish. Anyone? Huh? Uh, I wasn't sure if anyone would raise their hand, but thank you. Yeah, there is a tendency to recognize of all the blessings that are around us, and yet sometimes we choose to be ungrateful. We choose to be a bit selfish. Maybe a feeling of entitlement or worth uh, about who we are or the positions that we take. Maybe expectant, right, of the things that should be done for us. I oftentimes kind of, I don't know, kind of uh, jostle a little bit with my emotions. I, I, and maybe it's happened to you. You go to the mall or some store and you open the door for somebody and they just kind of walk right in and zoom right past you and they don't say a word, Right? Oh, man, right? Oftentimes I'll wait till they get a few steps and I'll yell down, you're welcome, right? Anybody else? Right, you feel like, what, like they're worthy, they're entitled, right, for me to open the door for them and and they can't say, thank you? We all deal with this sense of sometimes selfishness or a bit ungrateful for all the blessings that we have in our life. But here's a couple of things, just a couple of points that that I want you to just kind of keep close close to your heart this morning and here's the first one today. God has blessed us to be a blessing. Can you just kind of hold on to that with me this morning? You see whatever blessings that we have in our life, they're not to be held, they're not to be selfish, but we have been blessed so in turn we will be a blessing and i want you to think about that not only this week but in the weeks to come and quite honestly every week that we go forward is to recognize that god has not blessed us that we just keep it all to ourselves but god blesses us to be a blessing in fact jesus said these words it is more blessed to give than what than to receive those aren't just the words of anybody. Those are the words of Jesus to help us that how do we have a a grateful heart? How do we live a a day of of thanksgiving every day is that we understand this principle that it's more blessed that we have a heart that if we have been blessed, a a heart to give rather than just it always coming our way as well. The trouble is, is that a lot of people don't believe those words. They don't believe the truth in what Jesus was saying, and you might like, well, Pastor, how do you know that I don't believe that? Because I know I can read some of your minds right now. Some of you are jumping ahead. Maybe you're looking at the notes and you're like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe Pastor Jim's going to talk about giving today or something, right? Darn it, I should have stayed home and said my driveway was blocked with snow, right? Oh, no. He's gonna, is he going to talk about money? Is he going to talk about tithing? Like, and, and right away, right, when we think about giving, right, sometimes there's this automatic pull back a little bit, recognize that, that it takes some engagement. It takes some, some, part on, some belief on my part that whatever I have, it's not mine. I'm a steward of whatever that is and that God wants me to give it away. God wants me to bless it because the heavenly return is, is that the more that he's given me and the more that I give away, God says, I'm just going to bless that more and more and more. But you see, that's a spiritual thing. That's a heavenly thing. And it kind of really crashes into our human life, our earthly life. And at times, it's a really hard collision. You see, if we really believe that it's more blessed to give than receive, even if I was going to talk about giving today, and I'm not sure that I am and I'm not sure that I'm not, But even if I was, some of you, right, you'd be on your seats going, man, I hope he is going to talk about giving. I hope he is going to talk about, man, just talk about tithing, Pastor Jim. Come on, let's go for it. Let's be people that have grateful hearts, right? We don't often get that in church, though, on a Sunday, right? We kind of have some challenge to that. So, man, I know some of you are saying, man, preacher's going to get real today, right? Like you're just not sure what's going to happen. But I want to give you a second principle. Number one is that we are blessed so that we can be a blessing, right? You remember that? So realize what we learned today is that we're not going to just keep it to ourselves even here, but we're going to look, how do I unpack this to the opportunities that I have over these next couple of weeks? listen, in these next couple of days, it's going to be great for some family time, but you know good, or, uh, Black Friday and Saturday, there's going to be a lot of kind of jostling and fighting and, and, and pushing and shoving and all those kind of things. And, and people that you just loved on Thursday, you're going to have a hard time loving them on Friday and Saturday, right? And so you got to hold on. Listen, I've been blessed to be a blessing, but here's the second thing I want you to realize with me today. It's kind of a, a thanksgiving principle, not just for thanksgiving, but in everyday Thanksgiving principle is I want you to learn to round up. When you think about having a life of Thanksgiving, I want you to think about every opportunity that I have in my life, I want to round up. You see, here's the challenge when heaven and earth collide, when our spiritual nature collides with our human nature, where we contend, right, human-wise, to be a little bit more selfish, to be a little bit more ungrateful, to to think that, man, I'm worthy of this, I'm expectant of this, all of those things. But yet, when heaven crashes in that reminds us it's more blessed to give than to receive, I want to live a principle of rounding up. You say, Pastor, explain that to me. You see, most of the time, we round down. We say, listen, I'll just give this much down here. It's safer We can say, well, hey, at least I gave something. A lot of times when we're pushed in the area of giving, we tend to round down. You don't have to say amen. I know it's true. And I want to challenge us today is that rather than rounding down in every area of our life as a follower of Jesus, that we learn to round down up. I want to challenge you in this season of gratitude and thanksgiving, whether it's with family, whether it is with your finances, whether it is in your relationships, whether it is with your neighbor, when you're stuck at a red light, whatever it is, right, that challenges a grateful and thankful heart to get out of the mode of rounding down and turn that into an idea that I am going to round up. When I have an opportunity, when my human nature wants to be selfish, wants to please me, wants it to go my way, I'm going to eliminate that and recognize there is a higher and a bigger purpose in this life for me and for this moment. How many say yes? Debbie and I were just away in Florida for a while, and and where we stay, they have someone that comes at the end of the time that we're there and, and cleans the room. And uh, usually by the time we're there, whether it's a week or two, obviously you live in a place, I mean, we do a pretty good job, but I mean, we have lived in that place, and we know that it's going to take a while for the cleaning staff to come in and kind of turn that room over, so we generally write a nice letter, a lot of the people that work there uh, come from other countries, they they serve in that industry, and we get a chance to meet some of them while we're there. And we know that it's kind of a demanding job, and we're grateful for what they do so that we can enjoy. They're working so that we can just, like, relax and do nothing, right? And so we tend to write them a note, and we leave them what I think is a pretty nice gift gift. a a cash gift just say hey thanks for letting us have a great vacation and for taking care of us and so I did that this year and I you know kind of slid a pretty nice little gift under that envelope for the staff when we left and I was getting down to the truck Jocelyn had come down I'm like where's your mom and your mom's like oh she's leaving some money for the staff I'm like what I already did that I left a card and I left money what is she doing Mom said, yeah, no, she's going she's to up you. She's going to do more than what you've done, right? And when I thought about knowing that I was gonna, Thanksgiving was going to come up, you know, that would have been an easy moment to round down, right? Just kind of say, no, no, I already did that. Like, it's already taken care of. But I recognize, Lord, for someone to, to take care of us and to be gracious to them, and that God has blessed us. Listen, another $10 or another $20 wasn't going to break the bank, right? And it felt good to round up. It felt good rather than to fight about it and like, hey, why did you do that? I already took care of it but to realize, you know what? I'm grateful that we had a chance to get away. I'm grateful that our kids we were able to come down and hang out with us. I, I, I don't know that I could have, could have asked or hoped for a better week to, to be together as a family during that time, and I wanna live a heart and a life of thanksgiving. It's good to round up. Somebody say amen. You see, let me show you what happens when we are blessed and that we are called to be a blessing. In 2 Corinthians chapter nine, Paul was talking to the church. They weren't the most wealthy of people, they didn't have it all together, but, but they recognized that much was given to them, and so much was required. They had a heart of thanksgiving. This is what he reads, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. He said to the church, because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession, number one, of the gospel of Christ. So people are going to kind of be blessed because of your testimony, because how much you believe in the gospel, but there's more, but also for your generosity in not only sharing with them, but with everybody that you come in contact with. Listen, can I just challenge your heart, and my heart today? I mean, what would be said of us? What could people write as a blessing of your life or my life in the idea that am I gracious, Am I having a heart of gratitude? Do I look first to round up and bless? Listen, this church didn't have everything, but within whatever means they had, they had a desire to be generous. And not only did Paul recognize, but he wanted them to realize, listen, every effort that you get, people recognize there's something different and unique about you. Most people round down, but you, Corinthian church, You're rounding up, not only in the gospel, but in your generosity to those who come in contact with you. I want to share with you today just quickly. There are three ways I think that God wants to challenge us to be blessed and to use that as a blessing to others in this season and in our days to come. First of all, we are blessed to give joyfully. We are blessed to give joyfully. 2 Corinthians 9, again, just a few verses before that, says, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, right? So most of us get kind of that agricultural principle, like you, whoever puts only a little bit of seed in the ground is only going to get a little bit of harvest. But for those who, who put a lot of seeds in abundance, that, that in the same sense, that, that harvest is going to be abundant and overwhelming as well. That you give a little, you're only going to get a little in return. But when you give generously, you're going to reap generously. I want you to understand, this isn't kind of a, a wise saying. This isn't something that has just been passed down like from an early farmer, like through our generations, and we just understand or adopt this. This is a underlying principle of the gospel. Right? This is what we have to understand today as believers. We're blessed to be blessed. We learn a principle, i got to stop rounding down and start rounding up because I realize that if I sow a little, there's only going to be a little harvest. But if I sow big time, then God's going to use that blessing to do big things. That's why Paul put it in this verse to the Corinthians. He said, listen, look around. You're just like a storefront. You're just a little church. You don't have much going on. But God says, but you were people that out of your little, you gave everything that you had and now God says, I'm going to take that and I'm going to multiply it and I'm going to let it be a blessing beyond anything that you could do on your own. And God doesn't do that only for the church, God does that for individuals as well. Verse 7 says, every one of us, I know a lot of you have probably heard these verses before, everyone should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly, or under compulsion, right? How many have heard these? Here's, let me explain this to you. So, so, what the idea is, is that Paul is telling us that this idea of being blessed to be a blessing is birthed out of our heart. It's birthed out of our hearts. Now, the challenge is, is that Jeremiah said in the Old Testament that our heart is desperately wicked. Now, he's talking about our earthly, our human heart. It's selfish, Yes? Right? It wants to please me. It wants to, it wants to be worthy. Right? It, it has some expectation of, do you know who I am? Right? Like it, it's coming my way. But our spiritual heart right, that gets transformed by the power of Christ changes. And no longer are we thinking about ourselves, but we want to think about others. And so there's a heart change that God wants to do in this area, that he has to do in this area. And look how Paul describes it, that each one of us should give as we have decided in our heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. There's two pieces there. So not reluctantly, what is that? That's internally, right? So when we have this idea to bless, like we shouldn't have an inward challenge, not reluctantly. We just, listen, I I feel this in my bones. I feel this in my spirit. Like it doesn't make sense, but I know like this is going to move the heart of God and I'm going to do that. That's a heart decision. So we're not, we don't bless without, first of all, our heart being in the right place. Somebody say amen. Our heart has to be in the right place. And then he goes on to say, or don't do it feeling like you're under compulsion. That's outwardly. So that's why I'm not here to to make you feel or to make you do it. That doesn't go either, right? If you feel like manipulated or you feel like strong-armed or pressured, that's not right either. right? Our heart senses that. And so as we give to bless, we realize that it's always a heart thing, that it has to be settled in our heart, and we can't feel or do it because there's outside pressure as well. Does that make sense? Because God loves a what? A cheerful giver. We're cheerful, why? Because my heart has made the right decision and I don't feel an outside pressure like I'm being manipulated, yes? And so I know that when I give, when I round up, even when it doesn't make sense, my heart is pushing me to do this and I know that my mind is challenged with that because like, man, I don't know about this, but my heart is just beating like I've been blessed so that I can be a blessing, I'm not being forced to do it, that I'm doing it out of my heart, making that decision, and God says, that's the kind of giver that I love. In fact, some of you have heard over the years that that word, when we translate it into English, it actually says, God loves a hilarious giver. So that when you give, it's not just like being glad that you gave, but like kind of, you're you're over the moon, like in giving. Like, man, this pleases my heart so much to be able to be a blessing to others. Listen, you see, this is not equal to academics. Like, because that's where the challenge of us rounding down is. We... We kind of get academic when the need is presented, and we realize, wow, like they're looking for this much money, or, or, or here's kind of how the numbers are playing out, and, and I'm looking at my bank account, and, I'm, and it's just not equaling out. How many know? But 2 Corinthians 9, it's not academic, it's hearts. You See, God's going to bless us when we kind of get our head out of it, and it's driven by our hearts to know that my Life principle is I've been blessed, what? To be a blessing. And that given the opportunity, I'm going to stop rounding down and I'm going to start rounding up. You see, that's how you have joy in the Lord. That's how your giving becomes joyful because you recognize I'm following in the principles that God has given to me. Why? Because if I sow sparingly, what's going to happen? The blessing is what? Not so much. But even when it doesn't make sense to me, but my heart, right, driven by by this sense that I know, that I know, that I know. Like my spirit is just lit up on fire. Academically, I know it's not going to make sense, but I know that I'm going to trust God because if I invest big, God somehow is going to bless big. You see, that's what it is to be a true follower that has a grateful heart, the more I get, the more I get the steward. The more I get to give and the more God gets to do with. You see, this might not be for all of you right now because really I think it's an idea of, of immaturity to maturity, right? Because not only at Thanksgiving, right, because it's, it's sometimes hard for us to have a, a grateful heart even on a day of Thanksgiving, but then our next holiday is Christmas. And how many know there's a little bit different anticipation expectation at christmas for our kids versus us as adults right when you're a kid looking towards christmas how many know who's the story all about we'd love to say jesus but let's be real it's about us right we're kind of thinking some of us it's hard for us to sleep on christmas eve why because we're waiting to find out how many packages santa claus is going to bring for us Right? If you grew up with kids with multiples, I grew up almost as an only child in my family. My sisters were older and out of the house for a, a lot of those ages. And so, man, let me tell you, Christmas morning was amazing for little selfish me, right? Because, like, literally every package under the tree, guess whose name was on it? Mine, right? Because the older that we get, how many know? The packages might have a little bit more expense to them, but they are much fewer and much smaller, right? And if you're a dad, how many know, man, Christmas Day can be a downer for a lot of us, right? Like, wow, socks again. Thank you, everybody, right? When we're kids, right, it's all about me, and we want it, right, as parents. Man, we just unload. If you grew up with a lot of kids in your house Before, like, you all opened up your presents, you know that you were counting your pile and you were counting your sister's and your brother's piles and they better equal out, yes? Or there was gonna be problems on Christmas morning. But the older that we get, how many know just the opposite, right? When we mature, we realize that when we have an opportunity now to give, isn't that a wonderful thing? That's maturity. In fact, Debbie and I, in a couple of days this next couple of weeks we're going to put up the angel tree and we're going to buy gifts for underprivileged kids throughout the county and debbie and i are going to take a couple of those angels over the last couple of years we grab a bunch of them and then on on a particular evening we go out for dinner and then we spend probably two and a half hours just just buying gifts for these kids and we're kind of like kids you know we're, we're just excited, sometimes we have to call Jocelyn in the middle of it because you know, some of these kids want, want toys and names of things that we have no idea what they are or what they mean, right? And sometimes we're like in the hardware section, Jocelyn's like, no, that's a new toy, you know, like, all right, you know, like, like I don't know what some of these labels and names are, but, but we have an amazing night, we, we feel, we, and we not only think about that night of getting them, but we think about, man, on that Christmas morning, those kids that maybe we're not going to get anything are going to realize that when they wake up there's going to be some gifts around the tree and it makes our heart right just warm inside we're grateful that we have an opportunity to do that see we're not just only blessed so that we can give joyfully but we are blessed so that we can give extravagantly i want to challenge your heart of thanksgiving, that we can give extravagantly. You see, every now and then, you just get crazy and just give in a way that might just blow people's minds. Maybe it's even irresponsible giving because your heart is just so big and so blessed, and people look at you and you're like, that's just stupid generosity right there. And I wonder how many times any of us have been accused of giving generously to where it just was stupid giving. Like, you got to be kidding me. Why? Because a lot of times in life, we want we round how? We round down. But we have been blessed so that we can be a blessing. And sometimes to break out of that, that God, we recognize how much. You see, it wouldn't be the first time that somebody just gave stupid generous. There's a story in the book of Mark about a lady who came to Jesus one day. Most of the story tells us that she was a prostitute. Her life was disheveled and used and abused. But she came and she met Jesus. And just in his presence and his words of forgiveness just seemed to wash all of the filth and all of the garbage out of her life. And she was changed from the inside out. That's what the power of the gospel truly does. That's how you can say, I know that I'm saved because I'm different inside. And she came to Jesus in the midst of a little dinner party. And she walked in with what the Bible describes as this alabaster jar, this beautiful container. And while Jesus was eating and there were some big shots around the table, she came and she took this perfume. In fact, it says that it was a perfume made of pure nard. Come on, let's be honest. When I heard that, I'm like, is that a good thing? I mean, nard doesn't sound like really good stuff. I mean, Scott, I was kind of thinking maybe it was old high karate or old spice, right? Like, what is nard? And so I did a little bit of research, and it's actually a perfume that's made from crushing of certain plants and oils and spices in the Himalayan mountains. Some 3,000 miles away From Jerusalem and somehow this precious ointment made its way from the Himalayan mountains all the way to this little woman in Israel in fact as she was pouring it upon Jesus's head everyone else was indignant around the table in fact they stood up and said this is pure waste how could you do this in fact if you would have given us that oil, that perfume, we could have sold it because it was worth a year's wages. It's just stupid generosity, right? I mean, think about it in your life. I mean, what value would you have of something that would be a year's salary? $40,000, $50,000, $70,000 and you just extravagantly Give it. You see, this is where our human spirit and our spiritual spirit collide. Because I know where a lot of us would be on that. You're like, like if we would hear God saying that to us, we'd be like, oh, wait a minute, God. Like we gotta talk about this. I mean, there's generosity, but come on, that's just stupid generosity. But you see, when our heart has recognized how blessed we are, why could this prostitute woman Take her most precious, valuable thing and pour it on Jesus because she was forgiven of more than she could have ever hoped or imagined. And when she was blessed in such an amazing way, she recognized I'm blessed to what? To be a blessing. It's not mine to give, to keep. It's mine to give. See, i want you to remember this of all of the people that went nuts at the table that night while she poured the oil on jesus everyone went crazy except for one person at the meal who was it that yeah, it was jesus and not only was he somewhat challenged in the moment with those who were there because his heart was to those who were there is that you're missing the point And I guess if I could help to remind us today at this Thanksgiving is that I don't really ever want us to miss the point that you have been blessed to be a blessing. Everybody was mad at the table that day except Jesus. And here's where I want you to see to those who so sparingly you're gonna get only a sparing blessing, to those who give overwhelming that you're gonna get, because here's this woman, right? Even we hear the word prostitute, right? Don't we have kind of a, our own class system. We just kind of say, well, boy, she's a, a wicked woman, a sinful woman, she's, she's way down there. But I want you to hear what Jesus said about through this act of giving. He said, truly I tell you that wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done for me today will be told forever in memory Listen, is that not amazing? She took this gift and she blessed Jesus with it. And Jesus let everybody know, what, you think this is just a one-time act? This lady's story is going to be told for the centuries. You see, there was a prophetic word that Jesus gave that day, that what she did for me, this act of thanksgiving over me, That now some 2,022 years later, there's going to be a guy in Erie, Pennsylvania on a snowy Sunday morning that's going to be reminding everybody that we are blessed to be a blessing. And the story he's going to tell is this lady's story right here. See, sometimes we give, and it seems like it's stupid generosity. It doesn't make sense here, but we're not asked to give academically. We're asked to give when our heart is fully realized that I have been blessed to be a blessing. Let me give you one more. Listen, if you didn't like the first two, you're not going to like this one, all right? We have been blessed to give sacrificially. To give in such a way that you're not giving out of what's left over, after your head has made sense out of everything, okay, I want to give, Pastor, but let me take care of all of my needs, all of my wants. Let me kind of go through all my monthly bills, and I'll wait. And then when it all makes sense, right? whatever little I have left or whatever I can kind of reason, but sacrificial giving is giving out of something that, that you've wanted, maybe even something that you've needed, maybe that little section in some of your wallets, right, where. There's only a part, right, that not many people know about. Or maybe there's that part in your safe that you've kind of been like stashing some stuff away because you've had your eye on something for a long time. And yet now your heart is motivated and it's kind of really playing with your mind Because you know that God is moving you to do something sacrificially and he wants you to reach into that pot that you've been saving for yourself. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but now there's this moment of maturity, this moment of growth, this need that God is placing upon your hearts. It's not making sense up here. In fact, you're starting to fight against it up here. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But at times God calls on us to bless sacrificially. See, that's where real gratitude comes out of. The fact that I had a pot of money just for nothing, just for me. Man, I'm grateful for that, right? Debbie and I went to a Bible college in New England for a couple of years when we first started. It was kind of known as a faith school, meaning that they didn't charge a lot of tuition and We did a lot of work on campus. We kind of had jobs, and the teachers didn't get paid big salaries, and it was really cheap to go there, and so it was kind of just this kind of like family atmosphere. And every so often, sometimes the administrators, we'd have chapel in the morning, and and, uh, every once in a while, they'd kind of have to present some need to say, man, you know, the coffers are, you know, they're really low, and, you know, food's going to, you know, lunch might not be as big, you know, as we would want it to be. I mean, there might only be bologna sandwiches, you know, for the next couple of days because we're we're kind of in a moment of crisis, whatever. And I remember there was a big need at 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 the school, and and they brought it up at one of the chapels, and there was a one of the kind of cool guys. He was an upperclassman, but he was a, he was a musician, like a drummer, like extraordinaire, and, and like his life was just about music and. This will this will this is gonna go over some of your heads, but it was back in the day where boomboxes were like the raging thing. How many remember, right? Like the, remember the dudes with like the you know 400 pound big boombox like we carry on our shoulders? I know some of you youngsters are like with your AirPods and your little minis are like, what are you guys talking about? Yeah, just take your little iPhone or AirPods and multiply that by a thousand. That was our that was our form of of listening to music and. And Robbie's life was music and all that kind of. Man, he had probably the biggest boombox in the whole college. And nobody saw him in the midst of that service get up and leave. And a couple of minutes later, he returned and he was carrying this gigantic boombox. And while the president of the college was up front and obviously just talking about the needs and, and what we have, he came and he bought his big boom box and he set it down, right? What we call the altar. And he walked back to his seat. And for a moment people were like, "Oh my gosh, like Robbie's giving up his boombox. Like take my boom box, go sell it, do whatever you have to do. I don't know what we would get, but maybe that'll give us enough for one more day or two more days, but whatever it would be. It was kind of in silence. It was just this act of a heart. It didn't make sense. Nobody could fathom it. But within a minute, there was another person that got up out of their seat and walked out the back door. And then another, and then another, and then another, and then another, and another, and another, and another. And within the next couple of minutes, literally hundreds of kids were getting up out of their seats and leaving the sanctuary, leaving the chapel, and making their way back and bringing their item and laying it at the altar. And as a student body, we were saying, listen, take whatever it is. Take it to a pawn shop. They get, you know, we didn't have a Craigslist or we didn't have Facebook marketplace back in the day. But like, like whatever you got to do, like just sell it so that because we believe in what God is doing in this place. And there was, listen, for the next, I don't know, weeks or months, there was this sense of revival and intimacy with God in that school. Like maybe they had never experienced in years and years and years. Why? because people were giving out of sacrifice, and God's blessing showed up, not because it was something that was calculated and out of here, but because it generated out of here. Do you hear me this morning? We're blessed. You see, that's not the first time that anything like that happened either, and I'll kind of draw your attention to another little woman in the Bible, that Jesus was there with the disciples, and this little woman came, to the sanctuary, to the temple. And she opened up her purse and she took just two little pennies that were at the very bottom of her purse, everything that she had left. And she dropped it in the box. You know, everybody that was standing by and looking and most of the people would come and and make big celebrations about everything that they were going to give. And she gave those little pennies and she just kind of basically snuck away. And you can read it in Mark Jesus was standing there with his disciples. And again, I want you to hear, everybody missed the point. They just kind of did her deal and left. And no one would have been the wiser, but Jesus noticed. It's him making the story. They're not making it up. It's Jesus telling the story. to say, hey, did you catch that? And the disciples are like, what? The little woman. And if anybody caught it, they were like, you mean the one that just dropped in the two little coins? And you know the story, maybe for a lot of you. Jesus said, yeah, the woman who gave more than anyone else that gave today. And they, they laughed. How could that be? I mean, there were those that dropped checks for thousands in the bank today. And she just gave two cents. And Jesus said, yeah, but they gave out of their wealth. She gave out of her poverty. That was all she had. There may not be much more food left in the cabinets. There may be no more gas in the tank. There may be no gifts that are going to show up at Christmas. Because this was not a gift of show off. This was a gift that no matter what, even if it cost me sacrifice, I'm blessed. And I am blessed to be a blessing. Can I challenge you this morning? How do we give? Do we tend to round down, or is there a challenge in our hearts to learn to round up? You know, sometimes I've felt a little bit, I don't know if I'd use the word guilty, but challenged That sometimes. I know during this season that we're in right now, that over these next couple of weeks, I know we ask a lot of you in giving to needs in our community. We started at Thanksgiving and asking you to give and Thanksgiving baskets. And and then that kind of rolls right into operation, the Christmas boxes. And and a lot of you took those boxes and brought them in today and over the last couple of weeks and fill up a shoe box. And then Probably next Sunday the angel tree is going to be up and there's going to be a load of angels and we're going to ask you to take some angels and go out and to get some gifts for some kids that probably wouldn't get a gift this year and just brighten their day. And I know it's just kind of back to back to back to back. And sometimes I felt challenged, like, oh my gosh. Like, But every year I recognize that we as a church respond to need. That you have challenged yourself not to round down but to round up. In fact, I've been blessed that over the last couple of years by the time that angel tree gets out there and by the time I get out to the end of the sanctuary, Debbie and I are lucky to get an angel or two because they're all gone immediately. I was at a Foster Erie event last week for Stan Sunday and I've been talking with Mary ann has been talking to me over the last year or two that we've we've wanted to do something more for kids. We've been talking to Tom a little bit with pal and like to provide some backpacks or do some things for some kids and just kind of the style and the timing and, and how's that all going to how's that all going to work? And last Sunday I, I haven't even had a chance to talk to Marianne yet, but like I think in one way we found it. While the people from Foster Erie were here, they said that when a lot of kids get moved into foster homes, a lot of places that they're in, they have They have nothing for the stuff that's theirs. And so whether it's a a foster parent or an agency or whatever, they just take whatever belongings they have of these kids and they throw it in a garbage bag. And these kids get placed and move into a new place and all they have with them is their stuff in a trash bag. And somebody had an idea... A little while ago, that says, "Why don't we buy some backpacks or some bags of honor that we could fill with provisions and things for a kid that, that if they get placed or if they have to move, are not going to be panicked and upset that all I have is my dirty stuff that somebody stuffed into a garbage bag that I have to show up with." But what if we had a bag of honor that we could fill with things? And that these kids could be blessed with a bag of provisions and needs and things that, that could get them started in this new place with some kind of dignity. And man, that bell went off in my head. I think that's something else that real life. And then I thought, oh my gosh, like I am, we are, I mean, we're pounding our people at this time. And Jim, are you actually going to bring one more thing up to them in this season of giving And then I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to bring one more way in which we can give. (laughs) Why? Because, listen, to those of you who I'm looking for in this place and for those of you at home, there's more that we could do. We're blessed. And even if you don't have it, there are places of access that we could get it like that so I want to challenge us here's a new way we have more than we need and how it would break the heart of God when we don't give joyfully when we don't give extravagantly and if we can't give sacrificially why because God has blessed us with so much not to keep ourselves but we are blessed what to be a blessing that was point number one And the second thing I want to remind you to do today is that when you find yourself rounding down, when you kind of let your head kind of be engaged, just kind of pause that for a minute and see if there's something in your heart that is moving. Listen, I know we can't give to every single thing, and we're not asking you to do that. I'm just asking whenever the need is presented that rather than thinking with your head that you're going to think with your heart. And you're like, Pastor, I don't know where it would come from. I don't know how it's going to happen. That's all right. Because as long as your heart and your spirit is right, can I tell you, God is always going to make it all right. That we as a people will have a heart of gratitude. Can I just finish before we move into a time of communion this morning? You see, we are led by a king who is the most generous one that has ever existed. Why he is God to us. You see, some of us might give some of our time. We might give some of our money. But most of us would never give our kids. The need would never be big enough for us to sacrifice our child. But yet the example that we have it is more blessed to give than receive is from the God who we serve that not only gives in time and money, but in sacrifice when he gave you and I his son. When he allowed his son to go to the cross and die for us. See, that's our example. That's what moves us away from here and directs us here. That we are people that have a heart of gratitude. I'm going to ask if you'll just take, if you had a chance on your way in to take one of those little communion sets. And you'll just begin to prepare your heart. We have just some time left. The band is going to come. If anybody has need, if you didn't get that on the way in, some of our ushers will Have that and they'll make their way down the aisle. Maybe just kind of raise your hand. They'll make sure that if you were missed in some way, there are a few. So maybe if Ariel and some of the guys, they're gonna make their way to you. But for some of you that if you don't realize it real life, we didn't want communion to just be a part of the service. We wanted it to be a significant part of the service. And so I wanna give you some time just to think about your own heart. Am I giving joyfully? Am I giving extravagantly? Can I even be challenged to give sacrificially? And why? Because I have this overabundance in my life that God has blessed me and that I need to be challenged to be a blessing this morning.